Welcome to this episode of Kendall County Connections podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Walker. I work with the San Antonio Council on Alcohol and Drug Awareness, or CICADA. I'm the coalition coordinator for Kendall County. The purpose of this podcast is to educate, promote awareness of resources for Kendall County, and to connect people. I've lived in Kendall County most of my life, and I have a passion for this county. I hope you find this podcast helpful, and thank you for listening. Today, we're going to talk with Ryan. She is the branch director with uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters of Texas Hill Country. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Good. I'm doing great. I have finished my coffee before this call. <laughs> I, I just finished mine as well. So, uh, you know, it's like the day is off to the right start and ready to get going. So let's go ahead and start off this interview. What has been your most enjoyable job so far and how old uh, were you slash are you? If it is your current job, you do not have to tell us how old you are. <laughs> it, that's a tough question. I think it's really close between my current job mm-hmm. and uh, I So previously, I worked for Essilor Vision Foundation, and we provided vision services to kids. We had a mobile clinic that we took around to schools, and all day long, I got to hang out with elementary age children on a bus and give them glasses, and it was like playing dress up all day long. It was so much fun, and then now I get to, I get to do all the things. I get to meet new people and talk to them about our program. I get to enroll kids and just see the light come on in their lives over the course of the relationship with their big. And then I also get to coach volunteers, Mm -hmm. not only through their relationship with their child, but also their own lives because they come to me with things happening in their lives and wanting to make sure that that doesn't negatively impact their relationship. So coaching is something I really enjoy and mentoring people on my own is something I really enjoy doing. And so it's really like Essler Vision Foundation was a lot of fun because Uh I got to be a kid all day long. (laughs) I enjoy my job now as the branch director because I really get to see people's lives change every day. That's awesome. And that's cool that you, like how you say it's like both sides, it's the kids that are being mentored, but it's also, also the kids that are coming in and mentoring. Uh, So that's cool. Okay. So next question, Uh, what is your role in Kendall County and what are, uh, what are you passionate about right now? So Kendall County is a new, I wouldn't say new territory. We've always served in Kendall County. We've always served kids, but it was more of a who just kind of came to us by referral or um, came across our program. We we never really had a strategic plan of engagement with the community. Mm -hmm. And so right now in Kendall County, we've got a lot of things rolling out. We are partnering with Bernie ISD. We're going to launch a workplace program next school year. And we'll be partnering up with local businesses and taking the kids from the schools there and the employees at those businesses will then be mentoring the kids during the school day. Um, We're also, they'll be referring to the school district will be referring to our community-based program. And so it's a really, really exciting time for Kendall County because for the first time we're actually 
putting a focused effort on how can we serve the kids in Kendall County. We've historically just kind of focused on Kerr County and Kendall was the flow over, but with all the up up and coming growth in Kendall County and how fast it's growing. I really, I kind of sat back one day and was like, there's this whole population of kiddos that's going to get lost in the shiny and new and fancy and all the big things happening. And I, I want to make sure that we set those kids up for success and give them all the tools that they need for, you know, whatever their future entails. Absolutely. All right. Um, so why are you passionate about this? <laughs> um, if we really sit here long enough, I might start crying <laughs> answering Aww. this question, but I, I am passionate because there's no such thing as a bad kid. There are kids that just don't have access to tools and resources. They don't know anything different than what they know. They don't know what they don't know. And so being able to introduce someone to their life that they can be their confidant and their cheerleader and the person that will be there for them no matter what's going on in their life. Like they, they get to build them up in a way that other people that are already in their lives don't get to, because I mean, how many kids do you know, listen to their parents or their aunts or, you know, teachers, you know, all these people that are in their life that want the best for them, but either they, they don't know how to reach the child or they don't know what's out there. Even, you know, I mean, my parents only could teach me what they knew. And there was Mm -hmm. so much in the world that they didn't know. And so had I had someone that sat down with me and talked about all my different options and said, you know, okay, maybe a four-year college isn't in your path. So what is in your path and how can we fuel that? And, you know, how can we set you on fire so that when you go out into this world, you know what you want to do and you own it. Mm -hmm. Like so many of our kids are just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And if we're not, if they don't fit in this straight and narrow path that a typical child may fit into, then they don't know what to do with that. And so our mentors are able to give them that attention and really get to know them on a different level than the other adults in their life and figure out ways in which to help them along and really just show them how to build healthy relationships. And so many of our kids don't get that because their parents have other priorities, like, you know, keeping a roof over their head or keeping food on the table or making sure that they even get to school. Because how many kids do you know that actually want to get up early and go to school? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so just like having that other person in their corner to help walk them through life and show them how we show up for life. It's, it's pretty remarkable stuff that we do. I think that's, that's one of the things that's fairly, I I feel, I feel like, you know, I don't really know much about, um, you know, coaching, like college and career kind of stuff in schools, but I feel like that's kind of becoming more and more 
um, I guess, normalized is not necessarily going to a four-year college, you know, maybe getting an associate's degree or going to a trade school, you know, and, and you can still have a great living um, with one of those either, you know, certifications, license, or, or a degree, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it's a different option and, and it fits some people better than a four-year degree. So that's amazing that, you know, it's not just this is one size fits all because it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a match in the Texas Hill Country that the little brother finished high school on his own early mm-hmm. because the typical school day just did not work for him. Yeah. And so he's finished and now it's like, okay, what's the next step? Well, he wants to go for welding. And the wow. big brother is like, this is something I've always wanted to learn too. So the big brother is going to help support him, find ways yeah. to pay for the schooling. And then the big brother is also going to take the welding <laughs> classes with him. And so That's they're so going to cool. go to school together and learn how to do this. Like, big brother has his own business and is just fine in life, but this is something new he wants to learn. Yeah. Like, and how cool that would it be to get to go to class with my little brother and we get to learn this together. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like I got so excited when he told yeah. me, that. I was like, ah, I want, I want to go to school. And I, <laughs> I, do not, I do not want to go back to college, but no. I do want to learn something new. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a cool opportunity too, for them. So to just like, okay, we're going to do this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here's the COVID question, um, you know, because we have to ask about COVID, right? So how has COVID impacted your work, especially with, you know, the, you know, the mentor, the big brothers and the big sisters and the little brothers and little sisters and all that meeting in person. So how, I mean, how did that work through COVID? Um, Like, did they still meet? Are they meeting now? How did, how, how did that work? Well, internally, so we shut down the office um March 13th I think it was of mm-hmm. 2020 we shut down the office and then the office opened back up I want to say it was like end of June we were back in the office end of June because the CEO said our kids need us we don't we don't get the luxury of working from home our kids Sorry need us to show up for them. They need mentors now more than ever. And so we were very cautious on like, how do we, how do we open back up and also make sure to keep our people safe? Right. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to offer virtual trainings for a time period and then, um, and virtual support sessions and uh, virtual, like we would facilitate ways for, the big and littles to still connect virtually. Like, thank God we live in a time that all yes. technology has access. And so we were able to maintain a lot of the relationships and continue to support the relationships in a quality manner. Um, we had so many lists of creative and fun ideas and ways to interact virtually and yeah. do things together. And so we would give them those ideas, but to say that that was the best option or plan is not true. Yeah. Our, our, there were a lot of relationships that suffered, a lot of matches that closed because they didn't, you know, maybe the child didn't have access. You know, we say yeah. that like, who didn't have Zoom? Everybody has Zoom, but right. okay, maybe they have Zoom, but they don't have internet. Right. 
you know, the way that they get on social media is because of data, but then some of these families don't have unlimited data, you know, like thinking in that manner of like, how do we get rid of these barriers so that they can continue? And it was really a lot of problem solving and also partnering with other organizations to make sure that these kids had everything they needed to continue to have access to the outside world, outside their home or whatever that looked like. Some of our matches did meet in person and they just did outside things or right. just like didn't care. And we're like, we're going to go continue right. on life, whatever it was. Um, but then eventually we had to just kind of do a clean, a cleanup. We had to go through mm-hmm. and we touched base with all the matches and said, Hey, are you guys still in contact? If you're not in contact, how can we help you get back in contact? And mm-hmm. we, our workplace programs all closed because the employers weren't at the office anymore. Uh, you know, and so that's kind of been a negative impact of like getting people back in the office so that we can then take the kids to them. Um, we lost, we lost a lot of active matches that just kind of fell apart. And then also like thinking about new matches that we were making in that time that they met for the first time via zoom and (laughs) build a relationship via zoom. That was, I mean, and we were just doing the best that we could to Mm -hmm. still try to provide quality services and quality match support and honor like where the child was in their life and how can we meet them where they're at and do all those things while maintaining safety all around. Like it was, it was very difficult. I feel like we've kind of come out of that, Mm -hmm. um, but we're still feeling the ripple effect of that the last two years, you know, um, our numbers, our match numbers have gone down. We've also like volunteer inquiries like people coming to us interested in volunteering is still super duper low mm-hmm. we don't people are still like I mean we haven't figured it out but all all yeah. the branches all over South Texas our mm-hmm. volunteer inquiry numbers are like at a fraction of what they were before interesting before COVID people people just aren't coming out and parents too some parents are like I'm not signing my kid up to go off with a total stranger I don't know if they're being safe or mindful you know like there's still people that are very much um afraid of what could happen if they catch COVID a lot of people still haven't caught it um and so just respecting that respecting Mm -hmm. people's boundaries and honoring that and also saying like there's still a need there Uh are still kids on our wait list. There are still kids who are coming to us asking for help and we still need volunteers. No matter what is going on in the world, these kids, I, I mean, especially with what's going on in the world, these kids <laughs> Absolutely. Need, need mentorship and support. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's the thing that, cause I was, I was going to ask you, do you think you kind of come out of it? But at the same time, it's like, I mean, we're still in it. I mean, you know, we're because of vaccines and things like that, you know, people are, you know, a little bit better off now this year than like, say we were last year, like where we are, um, because more people are vaccinated, fully vaccinated and boosted even. But it's like, we're still in the middle of it. You know, there's, there's still COVID people are still getting it, you know, people are being hospitalized, you know, so it's very much, you know, we have to kind of still work around it, you know, Um, and it depends on everybody's comfort level as to, you know, what they, what they want to do and all that. Um, somebody somebody called me the other day and was like hey because I was meeting with a community partner and uh-huh. they were like hey it's kind of spreading through our um 
shelter right now? What do you, do you want to reschedule? And we've, you know, reactivated the mask mandate. And I said, yes, please. I said, not because like, I mean, I'm married to a first responder. We've, yeah. we've had it in the home a couple of times and not because I'm afraid of that, but because I don't want to be stuck in my home with my kids. <laughs> I don't be stuck in there for another two weeks. And like, my job is what keeps me engaged and going. And like, I need, I need to be out and doing my work. And I just, I had a volunteer have to reschedule their support session because they caught it. So it's, it's very much still here and affecting everything we do, but we just keep rolling with the punches. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's going on in life. These kids still need us. So we have to still do our jobs. Yeah, you may you you make do for now, but you make sure that the kids get what what they need. And yeah, I could <laughs> I couldn't imagine. I mean, you know, through COVID for, for myself, I've had a lot of like first time meetings on the phone or in on Zoom or whatever. And it's and then I meet the person in person, and I'm like, oh man, like this feels much much better. Like I I wish we could have met in person, you know. And uh, so this Zoom stuff, it's wonderful, but at the same time, there's there's not that connection um that human connection that you know can help start a start a relationship so i can understand the struggle with that yeah okay so thinking about all resources and events what is something that we are missing in our community oh man (laughs) right you're like um do you have time (laughs) no uh, no i mean i think kendall county is doing so well Mm -hmm. at they're doing so well at getting all the nonprofits organized and connected. Um, the chamber is fabulous. Absolutely. Like they've, they've already given me so many contacts and resources and ideas. And I really think that we're doing a great job at connecting at like a organizational level, you know, leadership level. We're doing all that maybe just making sure that that is trickling down, you know, and I'm still new in getting the word out in Kendall County. So I can't really speak to what that trickle down effect looks like. Like, are we effectively making sure that the the, all the information, and I know we keep talking about this um, at the Kendall County Behavioral Health Initiative, you know, are we making sure that all of the ideas and events and resources and all the things that we want our community know are is that getting there mm-hmm. do we have evidence and do we see outcomes of all of that information making it into the ears of the people that need it and and so that i i i don't know if I am the person to say we could do anything better because I don't have evidence of us not doing it well. Right. Yeah. I mean, we definitely are like ahead of the curve. Um, we, you know, we've been talking about mental health and substance use for, you know, a while now. And, 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 and like you were saying, the Kendall County behavioral health initiative, that's a mouthful. (laughs) Mm Um, you know, that's kind of, kind of what came of the conversation. So I feel like it's kind of come at a, a great time because we're in this like COVID post COVID world. And so it's, it needs to be addressed right now. And so the fact that we were kind of ahead, you know, getting the work, getting the works going and all that before COVID and then throughout COVID is really whenever it was like, okay, let's get all this stuff into place so that whenever it was safe to, you know, be out in public more, 
um, we could actually meet and start working on it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, with this, I, cause it, it, from what it sounds like, there's a need for volunteers. Am I correct in this? Absolutely. Okay. Can, can you speak just a little bit more just so that the listeners can understand, you know, criteria, what it looks like, things like that, just a little bit more understanding of what that would look like, because I would love for people to hear this and be like, you know what? Yep. I want to sign up to be a volunteer, but I want them to have a little bit more information to be able to answer, to answer the call if necessary. Yeah. So uh, eligibility criteria for volunteers. Are you over the age of 18? Do you have a valid driver's license in a vehicle? Are you at a stable place in your life that you can devote time to meeting with a child? And are you stable in other areas? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know, like, I mean, and then, uh, you know, we have onboarding training so that we set you up for success and really give you the skills and tools to be able to effectively mentor the child. And you also have ongoing support. You'll meet with me every other month for match support. Um, and so we make sure that you are set up for success, but also coming to us, like, are you doing what, you know, I always ask in our interview process, why are you here? Why do you want to be a mentor? And so making sure that your motives are clear uh-huh. and that you have the time to commit to a child because uh, we ask for at minimum once a month, but also knowing that there will be months that you can only meet once a month, but we suggest that if you can, you do more because this child, you know, for a seven-year-old, a month is a year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, but like, if you've got a, a 13, 15 year old, they understand, you know, maybe once a month is all they can do, but it, it kind of varies depending on that. And then you get to tell me what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are your interests? What do you like to do? And so we make sure to match you based on that compatibility that we're going to put you with a child that is going to mesh well with you. And uh, we learn about all of that through the interview process. And it's a pretty intensive interview because we want to make sure that we are honoring you and what you're able to commit and also honoring the family and what they want out of the relationship. And that everybody is walking into this right so with these relationships um do you see that a lot of times like they go like past like having the the child past their 18th birthday do you see them like continue the relationship uh not not just in childhood but past that a lot of them do so we Mm -hmm. ask for a minimum one year commitment when they Mm -hmm. sign up okay at that one year we, you know, reevaluate how's the match going? How are things doing? How's your life? And they stay together. Our average match length is 34 months. So oh. on average, our matches stay together almost three years, but we have, we have many matches that do stay uh-huh. together for much longer and right. into adulthood. And we have what we call our alumni program that we track the littles that are actively in our program until they're 26 years old to say, wow. Hey, are you, you know, are you following the path that you intended to? And if you're not, are there resources or support systems that we could connect you with to help you along that? It's not as actively engaged as when they're 
under the age of 18, um, but we do make sure and check in on them periodically. And most most of our matches do stay in contact. That's so cool. I mean, yeah, I wonder if it's like even like, you know, once a year for a coffee or something like that, just to see like how each other are doing, because that's it. It sounds like a very special like relationship, very special bond um, between people. So I, I can imagine it's probably not exactly a relationship. You just kind of like, OK, I'm done with this one. We hope. Yeah, we hope that, that, <laughs> right. That they that they're invested in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, OK, so lastly, how can somebody that is listening to the podcast connect with you? So they can go to our website, bigmentor.org, B-I-G-M-E-N-T-O-R.org. That is the Big Brothers, Big Sisters of South Texas website. So anyone in the Hill Country, Comal and Guadalupe area, San Antonio area, Corpus, or Brazos Valley. Okay. Um, they can go, if they're outside of that area, they can go to the national website, bbbs.org, and it will kind of route them to wherever their local branch is. Um, if you're in this area in, you know, the South central Texas area, you can just give me a call and I can help point you in the right direction, or we can talk about Mm -hmm. your concerns. Uh, my phone number is 830 seven 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 four seven six lots of sevens <laughs> all righty thank you so much uh for joining me today i will make sure and put all your information in the show notes and i hope you have a great day thank you for tuning in to this month's episode of kendall county connections podcast if you are interested in joining the coalition or being on an episode of the podcast you can call 210 4741. That's 210-225-4741. Or email coalition at cicada.org. That's C-O-A-L-I-T-I-O-N at S-A-C-A-D-A dot O-R-G. Or check us out on Facebook, search for Kendall County Community Coalition or facebook.com slash Kendall County Community Coalition. Thank you. We'll see you next time and stay safe.